Welcome back to the Desire Talks podcast. I am your host, Ethan Bradbury, aka Mr. Britain X. This is the podcast where we speak to sex workers from around the world to find a little bit more about them, stuff you wouldn't even know, uh, stuff you'd never know unless you listen to this podcast, because this podcast is awesome. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, let's get a little bit behind the scenes, what you're going to expect. And today's special guest has got quite a unique story, to be honest. Um, it's the reason behind why he does sex work. Uh, the guy's called Conzo. I'll get him to tell you about that. Let's get him on. All right, so here he is. This is Conzo. Conzo, say hello. Hello, everyone. How are you? <laughs> All right, so I've kind of gave a brief introduction of you, but it's best for you to do it yourself. So tell us about yourself. Yeah, uh, I'm Conzo. Uh, I live up in Scotland, as you can tell by my perfect Scottish accent. Uh, <laughs> and I've been here for about five years or so. Uh, I am currently the director of a charity called Comerick and also uh, a sex worker, which is probably one of my favorite titles. Perfect. So uh, obviously from the accent, where have you moved from? Yeah, I, I originally moved here yeah, five years ago from California. Uh, and I know what you're thinking from California to Scotland. Uh, mm -hmm. Great choices. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, call my mom. Come pick me up, please. I fucked up. Yeah. So what, what made you want to move over? What was the calling? Yeah, so I, I was originally in the military. Uh, so I had the GI Bill. Uh, and with that GI Bill, they pay for your university and they also pay you an allowance uh, monthly. And I thought to myself, this is the only time I'd be able to like live outside the country, earn money and like not starve. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I came to the UK because it's cheap to travel to the EU. When I first got here, you guys were still part of the EU, which y'all really fucked me over on that one. Uh, and then, uh, you know, it's just it's just stayed ever since. Okay. All right. And so you must like it. Yeah, it's all right. You know, we slice of all right, they say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And so um, you were saying now you're, so you're not in the military anymore then, no? Nothing to that. No, you know? no. That, that was a different lifetime ago, man. Like yeah. if I had to wake up before, you know, 10, 10 a.m., I'd, I'd lose my shit now. <laughs> okay. So did you start the charity work before the sex work or is it the same time? Yeah, actually. So uh, during my third year of university, I was originally going to be a veterinarian. Uh, I was doing my biology degree first, and then I was going to go over to the actual medical field, make sure that I kind of knew what I was talking about. Uh, and during that time, I started working with a horse rehabilitation sanctuary that was close to the university. Uh, I fell in love with working for the third sector. I became their vice chairman. I kind of got a, a taste of what goes into it. But they were running a deficit of about 1,500 pounds a month because animals are expensive, and there are, there's little to no funding out there for them, uh, mm -hmm. just for the general maintenance, feeding, vet bills, and whatnot. Uh, so I, I said, you know, I, I have a butt that people want to see. I have no moral quorums with doing this. So morally, I'd actually be doing wrong by not doing it. So I started <laughs> doing it then. Um, I got them I got them their money. And then eventually I had to leave due to moral complications with the way they were treating an employee that I just I couldn't stand. And now I'm starting my own sanctuary. So how is that going? Because um, that, that's something I must want to talk about is you'll start your own sanctuary um, and you're funding it through sex work. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to make sure that there's at least a little bit of a disconnect between the sanctuary and who I am on the internet, because mm -hmm. uh, we will be working with like employability and stuff like that. And while I won't have any direct contact with anybody, I'm still uh, a pivotal part of it right now. And some people do get a little weirded out when they're like, oh, you're, you're a sex worker and you're going to be a charity. How's that going to be like, well, sex worker isn't a crime. Like it's not punishable mm -hmm. by law. It's not, you know, as taboo as you might feel it is. It's really not that deep. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's this animal sanctuary. What kind of animals are we talking? 
Yeah, so originally the thought was to do uh, mostly agricultural animals, which is still our main mission here, but we're also going to, uh, with the space that we have, because we have got confirmation from the, the landowner, so about 10 to 15 acres we're hoping for. Uh, we're also going to work with smaller, uh, more well-known animals, bunny rabbits, uh, some kind of housing for them as well. Uh, if we can and we have the, the facilities for it, uh, we're going to work with a fox hospital. Uh, so there's going to be a, an amount of foxes that cannot be released into the wild. And hopefully, you know, we can relieve some of the burden by taking a couple of them on. It's, it's still all in the future and all up in the air, but that's kind of the general gist of what we want to do. Okay, sounds amazing. Um, sounds like a really good cause. Um, so you're obviously, you've dove into OnlyFans to kind of get you there. Um, you said you, you told people like I've got a butt, I could show off my butt. What was <laughs> what was what was their reaction? Yeah, so I originally actually I started this without informing the chairman because I wasn't sure how successful it was going to be. I had a little bit of a following on Reddit for mostly like you know more artistic stuff here and there, but I didn't I didn't kind of imagine to do as well as I did in the first couple months. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. It'll fail. Blah blah blah. But then I, you know, I, I did it in my first month, I, I made enough to cover, you know, the entirety of the bills for the charity. And it felt so amazing to do that. I, I told everyone, <laughs> I, uh, I didn't tell my, my classmates or anything like that, because I was doing it mostly on Reddit. So it was kind of more on the anonymous side. But once I started on TikTok, I've had to kind of live a very genuine and out there life because everyone's seen me already. Yeah. Also, you know, going on TV naked did not help that fact at all. That was exactly what I was about to bring up. <laughs> what was that? Um, so for the people who don't know, uh, what was the TV program? Yeah, so I, I, I went on Naked Attraction, but I'd like to say when I, first, when I first signed up for it, I did not know it was Naked Attraction. They posted on really? my universities. They posted on my universities, one of the like universities' uh, Facebook pages. Uh, saying like, does anyone want to try a brave new dating show? I was like, I'm brave. I, I would like to hold hands, please. Uh, <laughs> and, and then at the end of this interview, it was like an hour long phone call. They're like, oh, have you ever heard of Naked Attraction? I'm like, yeah, definitely don't want to do that. And then turn out to be Naked Attraction. Okay. So what did they do to like pull, pull your arm to kind of be like, come on, do it. Cause you said no. You know, well, at that point, I just realized like I've gotten through this idea. I've already kind of like told myself I'd like to do something like this. And I felt it was almost like fate's way of pushing me in a certain direction. Sometimes, I, I don't know if I, if I trust everything that you know happens in life, but you, you experience so much more of it if you just say yes. And I, yeah. one of my big things is I don't wanna die in the same town I was born in and I don't wanna live a very normal life. And this kind of seemed as far away from that as I could go. So I was like, all right, sure, actually, let's, let's do it. Okay, so two questions with that. The first one is, non-internet fans reaction i'm on about personal friends people who know you people in your community how did they react to naked attraction well if you can just imagine you turn on the telly one day and then you see your friend's dick <laughs> i think that's yeah. the exact reaction you have um it's it's gone you know both ways i've gotten people you know messaging me like oh you, you came all across so genuine gen genuine genuine or oh that was so brave or i could never or like do you have no shame are you not embarrassed like so it's, it's really it's gone a whole spectrum of it but in in the long run i've met so many amazing people it's a funny story yeah. um and I don't tell you the truth. I don't really interact with too many people that aren't in at least like the internet world now. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's what I was going to say. It's a complete different community, isn't it? A lot more open-mindedness because 
you, you interact in social groups online within the groups that you want to interact with, aren't you? And your fans, yeah. so you're, they're your fans because you've got a lot of semi-naked to naked pictures online, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, well, don't, don't we all? Um, no, but I, I've just come to realize like people who live on the internet, uh, some kind of content creation, usually tend to be more open and accepting of who you are because they also have pushed the boundaries of what it's like to live a normal life, you know? And I just, I love living in that that bubble of people who are just like, this is who you are and we like you for this. Mm. And then that's that. Like, I don't have to hide it. I can be a big goofball. I can cuddle my friends. I can, I can make stupid videos with them. And there's, there's no one judging. We're all laughing. It's just such a good feeling. So did you find that when you did appear on TV that we, we, we did you warn your fans or your fans, your, your existing following, were they like, oh my God, I just happened to see you naked on TV. You know, what, what happened there? I had a few viral videos where I kind of hinted at the fact that I was going on it because at one point they tell you not to mention anything on social media. And ah. then they send you an email saying, hey, you can talk about it now. And once that did, I kind of like put up the, it, the email behind me. I was like, oh no, oh no, 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 no. That whole, that whole yeah. audio, um, that got pretty big. And then I was also talking to my friends about it just like for the banter. Uh, and and, you know, so I wasn't quiet about it for sure. Probably not as quiet as they wanted me to be. Oh, well, you know. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> it, fuck worked in, it, it worked in your benefit, I think. Because, yeah, I mean, they're going to see my. They're going to see my balls and I get to talk about it. This is the equal trade-off. Well, that's that program's just been uh, put on the UK Netflix, hasn't it? Yes, yes, is it you, has. I think they only have season one now. So it's going to be a while till they get uh, to me. So when you're on it, you're probably going to get another of fans aren't you another rise another explosion hopefully tell you the truth i didn't actually get uh terribly a lot of exposure from it i think i only gained about like a thousand followers across all my platforms like the night it aired um and like the the next coming days and stuff like that i can always tell when they redo a rerun because i'll get like 20 followers in, in, a, in an hour which is like a little bit more than like you'd expect and then i'd start getting some weird messages about pegging i'm like they they really edited that one man like i did not want to be the poster child of pegging <laughs> well spreading awareness making it more mainstream making it more normal. exactly they, they aired it they aired it in november so i'm like have fun talking with your family about that one on christmas everyone good job ah nice so for our current listeners then uh what's pegging uh, so pegging is pretty much uh, uh, an act of intercourse between uh, either a, a male, female, or any other combination of the sorts, but it's usually between, I guess in my experience, it's usually between a male and a female, because if it's with a male and a male, they have their own utilities to do so. But uh, <laughs> it's where uh, the man is penetrated by the woman who's wearing a strap on. And I've, I've ever since talking about it on the uh, on, online, just so many people come forward like yes this is i love to do this but i always feel kind of like ashamed to talk about it i'm like don't this is this is a body but the thing is mm -hmm. when i went on there they're asking me what do i like and my response was you know i don't really have much preference for myself i just really enjoy it when my partner enjoys something as i was dating a girl for a, a while who's really into pegging and you know because she wanted to do it i wanted to do it and then my next word was we never got around to doing it and guess what guess what they cut off uh... that that sentence right there Oh, that's uh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> it's TV magic, baby. So now you've got a lot of girls who are really into pegging who haven't had the chance just chasing you down the street with dildos and stuff. Honestly, I'd never be able to sit again if I said yes to half of it. <laughs> I just, yeah. I would... Oh, fair play. It was actually quite interesting. This this really bizarre. It was yesterday that I was um, I was talking about pegging on my Instagram stories because I just uploaded a new video. And um, I put on like, 
do you know what it is? And well, yes, I know we're doing it as a poll. About a third of the, the fan base didn't have a clue what pegging was. And I was like, wow. Um, and the ones who were guessing, they were so far off the mark. Most actually, there's <laughs> a good, good chunk that was saying about putting pegs on your nipples. And I was like, that's a good yeah. guess. We could yeah. try. Yeah. So making it more mainstream, more acceptable. Uh, pff, there's so many people I know who are in Twitter who just, like you said, behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely think that, you know, acts like this are definitely held back by these these elements of misogyny and homophobia, where a lot of um, straight cisgender men will not experience with their sexuality because they have that internal, you know, you know, homophobia, they don't want to be perceived as this or, or this less masculine version of themselves. And it stops them from living a very, I don't know, exciting life. It, just think of how many interactions you get, you know, either on, on TikTok, I know you're on that as well, or uh, any of the socials where just by being a little bit different, you get this kind of pushback against, you know, what people think the norms are, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, what I tend to get, I don't know if you get it, do you ever get a biphobia, anything like that? You know, I've actually stopped telling people that, you know, I'm, I'm sexually attracted to, you know, multiple genders i just tell people i am who i am i like who i like when i like it and you know that kind of stops the question there um because i don't have to justify anything i am me and i don't have to prove who i am to these people it's just it's become so much easier because like you get that question like constantly like oh are you attracted to men uh, uh do you do you date men and just over and over and over again you're just like i am who i am so you you just kind of go <laughs> guess what you want to guess and i don't like labels yeah i used to i used to get really upset about this question tell you the truth uh i used to be like you know would you ask me if I was attracted to women? Would you ask me like, because I, you know, am straight presenting um, mm-hmm. because you perceive me as straight or, you know, why does it even matter to you? The chances of us even meeting in public are, are slim to none, let alone going down this romantic path. Like I'm not here to, to date your friend. I'm, I'm here to post a picture of my butt and leave. Like that's, that's <laughs> what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, do you know what? When, when you get a message in your DMs, cause you've, you've kind of just touched on something briefly where, uh, the chance was meeting in person, going romantically somewhere, it's slim to none, if even less. Where <laughs> if you get a message where someone's like, Oh, only if she lived near me, so and what if I live near you? Like, <laughs> I don't leave the house, friend, you wouldn't see me. <laughs> like, I, I'm constantly in my room, like, I'm very scared of public spaces. <laughs> you could say that back, but it's more so the case, like. So if I lived near you, you'd assume that I'd want to go on a date with you or I'd have sex mm-hmm. with you. And it's just, I am a human being. I'm not just here to have mm-hmm. sex with everyone just because. Yeah, well, this is a huge problem. And I think when it comes to dating as a sex worker, I, I was just on channel four um, with my clothes on this time. And we we're kind of talking about like, what's it like dating as a sex worker? And uh, in my experience, a lot of people, um, especially for like uh, the women in the industry as well, mm-hmm. they are over-sexualized off the bat where rather than talking to someone getting to know them like oh you're a sex worker so it must be okay for me to be inappropriate with you and whenever i start to speak to a guy like that i'm i'm you know interested in it becomes very sexual really quick and i don't know if that's just a common experience with men which i'm starting to think it is but yeah that's really off-putting to me like it it stops me from getting to know someone like nah I'm, no thank you yeah i think you have to educate very quickly don't you? If you're say out in bars um, and they start going like that, and you kind of have to subtly educate very quickly that I don't, I'm just not going to just sleep with anyone, or it doesn't mean I'm in an open relationship. I, I, mm-hmm. Relationship status, you could already be in a relationship status, but mm-hmm. you could still be working as a sex worker. But people will still assume that you will just have sex with everyone. 
Yeah, and, and you're you're really stuck in this between a rock and a hard place to allowing them to live this fantasy because it's what they find attractive, but also setting your own boundaries and be like, this is where we stop, friend. Do not cross this. But it's really hard to put that out quick. And you know, there are some the best part about being on the internet is that you are control of the interactions. If you don't want that interaction, it's easy to stop it. Um, you know, that's why I have to give so much respect to you know in-person sex workers because they are really, they are really the bravest of us. Uh, and they've really carried a lot of the stigma with them this entire time. They've really put in a lot of the groundwork. And, you know, that's why I like to call myself a sex worker to take a little bit of that stigma on myself as well, because they have to physically put those boundaries up while we are stuck behind a computer screen. It's a little bit easier for us, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And they still, they get the worst stigma. The, the people think of them in the, the, the worst light of us all, because I do mm -hmm. it in person. So they're actually doing the, the oldest version of sex work, the one that's been yeah. going through the history books. That was the original sex work. That was the original job. Yeah, that's why when whenever I tell people like, oh, I'm a sex worker, they're usually like, oh, so you do in-person stuff. Like, no, sex worker is a, an umbrella term like construction worker. There's a lot of different jobs, but we all work in the sexual industry. And I think the more people that are out there, you know, owning the title and like, I am this, you know, the less you can stigmatize, stigmatize something because it's no longer someone, you know, in your head working on the street. It's now, you know, Susan from your chemistry class or Conzo up the road. It's, it's people, you know. Mm. So we were saying then about you, like you, you find it quite nice that you call yourself a, not nice. Sorry. Need to reword this. I've, I've actually still got a little bit of COVID. So I'm getting foggy brain. Oh no. For anyone listening. Oh no. What's going on with him or why is he clearing his throat a lot? I'm just at the end of COVID. So, sorry. So what you were saying then is you call, you use the title sex worker to kind of alleviate some of the stigma to other sex workers. Was that how you worded it? Sorry. Yeah, I guess that's, that's the, the ideal version of it. And more likely than not, I'm just looking like a fucking idiot. <laughs> It's, it's bizarre when you see people who are sex workers and you call them a sex worker and you go, no, I'm not. I just sell tits mm. on the internet. I just show my boobs. And so that's, that's sex. It's work. a sexualized work, my friend. Like, Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so let's actually talk a little bit about your sex work even more. Um, so if I was to sign up to any of your platforms, I don't know which platforms exactly you want to promote, but any of them, what would I expect? What, what, what yeah, I so... This is always the hardest question because I'm sure you get a lot of messages like this as well, where people are like, "Oh, what's in your OnlyFans?" I'm like, well, "It's it's like five bucks, man. Sign up." <laughs> like, uh, that's a good thing about this podcast. You can now just go link. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you know, I use my my platforms as a way of self expression. It's not always the sexiest. It's not always the you know the most hardcore stuff. Like, if anything, I'm a I call myself the worst sex worker in the world because I don't feel like a very sexual person. I don't see myself as sexual. I don't you know, really have an interest in going out and making content with people. This is how I express yeah. myself and how I see my body. And sometimes that's admitting that I feel disgusting in my skin today. And sometimes talking about how I have the inability to come because of years on antidepressants or the fact that just like, I'm, I'm having a hard time with my work schedule or this is my butthole. Like I can, I can be myself and do whatever I want. And I have such a loving community that just hypes me up. Like one of my videos, it was a jerk off video. And I think it was like 15 minutes long. And at the end, it just cuts away. I'm just sitting here in my chair, like, so I could come friends. It's hard for me sometimes. And then I do a little dancey dance and I say, bye. And that's, that's how I end my videos. I was about to say, I don't know why I would imagine you had a bit of humor in your platforms. You know? Yeah. If I'm not helicopter dicking, what am I doing? Like, yeah, I, I, I can just automatically see it. I thought there's going to be 
because from the images I've seen, I'd probably class a lot of your photography as erotica, where it's quite sensual, good lighting. It's done artistically, but it's still porn. It's not... You're going to make me blush. Yeah, yeah. Baby, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but they're really nice images. But videos-wise, I was like, I bet you, just, you have quite a laugh. Are you in... Mm-hmm. Yeah. You well, I, I try my... Curious. Yeah, I, tr- I try my best to, you know, give people what they want. And, you know, as, as a solo creator, what they want is they want the cum shots. They want the jerk off videos. They want the, the anal penetration, which is, you know, something I try to give, but I can't do this all the time because it's not who I am. Like even on my own jerking off, I, I struggle to, to finish five out of 10 times maybe. And even then it, it takes me a long time. And this is just a part of who I am. But no, my, I use my OnlyFans as a way to one, reclaim my sexuality because, you know, as a child, I was heavily sexually abused and it's, I lost it for a very long time. And as, as an adult, I have to come to terms with some people might find me sexy. And this is how I can express myself in all forms of myself because they pay to be there. They want to be there. I'm not burdening them by posting, which feels nice. Yeah. Well, that, that's a big thing about these platforms. Sorry, I'm Mitch. Um, the big thing about these platforms is they're subscribing to these because they like you as a person. So the, the fact that you're sharing this, again, is just sharing so much more of yourself. And this is why I think OnlyFans, Pocket Stars, whichever platform anyone's on, is better than going to just a generic porn website where you don't get to know the person. I always, I always tell people like, how exciting would it be to like message if at the end of the movie, you could send a message to, you know, uh, Ashton Kusher, like it's the early 2000s, like, Hey, good job, man. Like just to have that ability to contact them or to know that like, you're seeing something that other people do not have the, the chance to see. Um, And, you know, the worst part about being like a little bit bigger on, on other social media platforms is I almost feel very apologetic when I bother people with my posts versus on OnlyFans. I'll, I'll shit post daily. <laughs> I'll just show them a video of me and be like, all right, so this is the charity. And then I'll, you know, put on my wig or do whatever. And I just I feel like they they actually like me. It's so nice. Good, good. So do you communicate a lot back? So say if I was to message you on OnlyFans and be like, oh, I love that video. I, I try my best. I try to do at least 50 messages a day, but I'm 140 behind right now. Um, and it's just, I'm, I'm still answering messages from the 23rd of December. Um, I, I like to actually communicate with people rather than uh, like winky face, LOL, um, you know, to, to get to know them, for them to actually know who I am. But that does take at least like a couple minutes per message. So uh, it's a couple hours a day trying to message people back. Um, yeah. It, it is a full-time job and you mm-hmm. have a full-time job with this sanctuary that you're trying to create. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I'm, like I said, I'm super lucky. All my, all my subscribers are the most understanding, lovely people in the entire world. Like I could not ask for a better bunch. That's fantastic. That's brilliant to hear. Uh, so speaking of your subscribers, your fans, I'm going to read out some of the fan questions. Yep. Oh yeah. I don't know if that actually got much traction. Did it? I try to put it on Instagram yeah, as well. Yeah. Like, Hey, come say hello. We got a few. We did get a few. Oh, nice. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, it's actually, a, she might be a mutual friend because it's someone I know. Um, do you know what? I'm going to dive in with hers. Um, Raven Alternative, have you met her before? I'm so bad at names, but if, if she's in the sex work community and she follows yeah. me, I follow back like most sex workers. Well, Raven, um, she's, uh, yeah, she, I, I reckon she's got to be a mutual friend. She's hot. I think you'd like her. <laughs> no, she's, uh, she's asked, uh, what's your favorite video game character and why? 
Oh shit, that's a really good question. Uh, because I stream on Twitch a lot, so I, I uh, have a lot of video game characters. I like um probably Arthur Mor- uh, Arthur Morgan from Red Dead Redemption Two right now because you know of my lack of a father growing up. So I'm like this this guy's my dad now. Also, he's got so he's got a cake. He's got booty. Um, and I, I love that about him. Just his his hard talking way. Uh, it's everything I'm not. It's everything I've ever wanted to be. Do you know what? I loved Red Dead, but I didn't. I started the second one, and I just got too distracted and never, never carried on. The the story is absolutely amazing, and like you really feel for Arthur, and like just him wanting to like protect his friends and his family and do right, but also doing wrong. And then he's also handsome as fuck and grizzly. And then they're like, "Where's your goddamn faith, Arthur?" And you're like, "Don't yell at Arthur, man. He's my boy." Yeah, I I love the first one, so I imagine the second one is brilliant as well. Me and Raven are mutuals, by the way. Hello, Raven. Thank you for the question. Ah, perfect. Um, okay, by all right. I I might say a name wrong. Courtney, is it Pose or Pose? I don't know. But Courtney, this is from you. Uh, do you have any goals besides the animal sanctuary? Ooh, that's um, yeah, that's a really that's a really uh, hard one there. Um, it sounds stupid, and it sounds it's just it's this weird. <sighs> dream I've had as a kid um, is that I wanted to start up like uh, at some point in my life a an orphanage that is self-sufficient so if the kids don't get adopted they still are brought up with a good education and understanding of nature and you know being able to live a good life um, and it's it's such a huge thing that's always loomed over me anytime I've told someone about that they've kind of you know laughed it off like that's that sounds impossible for you um, and so I kind of see the animal sanctuary as like my learning curve, my stepping stone. But this has always been my biggest dream because as a kid, you know, with my mom always working, my, my brother's taking care of me, my you know dad absent, these, these emotional trauma that was left with me through the sexual abuse is that I don't, I would hate to think that there's people out there that are experiencing the same emotions, but without any of the support that I've had um, through my brothers and, you know, having a home. So I don't know, it's a stupid dream. And I, 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 I don't usually go into it, but it's, I think it's, 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 it's been the biggest thing in the back of my head. And I hope someday that I'm able, even able to like take a step in helping someone who's doing it, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. That's incredible. I mean, that's a hell of a goal. Um, so hopefully you learn, like you're saying from this animal sanctuary and you never know where you could be in a few years, 40 years in the future. I might, I might have, you know, somewhere close to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so this isn't really a question. Um, Callie Parger? Or, yeah, I think that's how you say oh, it. Oh, Callie. I love Callie. Yeah, well, straight away, she just dove in. She, I think she was the first one. She, how did you get so goddamn handsome? She's she's the best hype person in, in the entire world. I don't I don't know if she has like a notification for every time I post or if she is just constantly refreshing. But anytime I post anything, 99% of the time, she's the first one to like and comment. And I just, I adore the shit out of her. Um, she's actually having a GoFundMe right now to help with her transition. Uh, I believe it's on Ooh. her page. If you guys see the, the original post, oh. uh, I, made, I made a TikTok video about it uh, as well, but I think she's only about halfway to her goal. Um, so if anyone is hearing this and feels like doing a good deed of the day, that's that's a good one to do uh and how did i get so attractive uh i've never been attractive i'm at a distance so you don't have to see me in real life uh <laughs> and i'm just a weirdo on the internet well i because you said that i just want to read out callie's at her twitter at is callie parga i think so it's c-a-l-i-p-a-g-a so give her a search and then you can help her out with a gofundme and we're going to move on to Pyro's Blazegate. Uh, what was your inspiration for the Animal Sanctuary and how does it 
how does he feel that it contrasts with the sex work? We've kind of touched up on that, but if we can... Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. So um, the original idea for the animal sanctuary came from working with a different animal sanctuary. Like I said, I had to quit that one due to the way that they're treating an employee, um, which went against every moral that I had. So I actually got that employee and I gave her a place to stay, got her out of there. It was a very abusive relationship they've had. Um, so now I'm actually working with that person to start this animal sanctuary because they were doing the literally all the work from six o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock at night, seven days a week. Um, they are concussed and they had to stay because they were afraid of how it's going to look on the animal sanctuary, uh, on the, on the sanctuary. She was, you know, ill multiple times. She lived on, on the location, just in this, this caravan with no running water, um, no heating. And it's just, it was absolutely the worst, but now that I, I have, you know, the, the platform of OnlyFans and the social medias, I thought I was in a better position to do this in a better way to where we can both respect the people that are working for us, the people that are volunteering and the animals and also help the community as well. Um, and sorry, that's a little a run on, but when it comes to sex work and the charity work, once again, being a sex worker is not, it's not illegal. Uh, I'm fully PVG means I've been checked over by the state to make sure I can work with vulnerable groups, even though I do not want to work with vulnerable groups, because I believe I'm not educated enough, I would make mistakes that are irreparable, I'm going to leave that to people who have that, those qualifications, but I can still oversee these programs, I can still do good in my, my community and be a sexual person, because we're all sexual people, we all have bodies, I'm just doing mine a little bit more openly. Perfect, brilliant answer. Oh, appreciate you. <laughs> and we're going to move over to Corey Pratt. Uh, he's, he's jumped in with a few. Let's, let's do a quick fire one. What's your favorite color? Grew purple, actually. Grew purple. <laughs> purple, yeah. If, I, if this was Monty Python, yeah. I'd be off the fucking bridge, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, purple it is. Um, okay, would you say OnlyFans has given you more respect for sex workers? And then he did uh, go on with not to say that you didn't have it already. Yeah. Tell you the truth, I was unaware of so many of the struggles sex workers went through, and I was, I was unaware of the world in general, but now standing here, being in that community, they are the most hardworking, dedicated, multifaceted people who are just hilarious and, you know, just goal-oriented, and it's, it's been such a, such a, a fun time being involved with them, like, it's, they're, they're so, they're so great to me, and I'm so happy to be their friends. That's perfect. Um, we're actually going to end it there on questions. So I just wanted to ask if there, if there's anything that you wanted to say to your fans, subscribers, other sex workers, just anyone, anything. Yeah, um, maybe you know, as we as we go forward and we are on these these social media platforms, we should be really careful with the people that we interact with or how much we interact with them because parasocial relationships are quite quite damaging, especially in the sex worker community. As a male sex worker, I'm sure you're very you know, hyper aware of what some of our, our colleagues have done to people and how you know, hurtful it has been. Um, so as we, as we go forward, please be careful, but also hype each other up. Uh, you see something cool, tell them they're doing a great fucking job, and then that's it. That's all you got to do. Brilliant. Um, okay, then. So we're going to end it there. Um, nice. Yeah, so I just want to say thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, before we do, actually, let's plug your socials. So where can people find you? Yeah, definitely on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Konzo, C-O-N-Z-O-0311. And on TikTok, I'm Konzo03 and also OnlyFans, 
you don't need to see that. Don't worry about it. I have, I have a link tree in some of those. If you find me there, you'll find me everywhere. So what we'll do is I'm going to get you to send me those links and any platform that I can where this podcast is going to be, it's, it's going to be there. It's going to be clickable. I appreciate you. So we'll get that sorted. Uh, okay, everyone. So that's Conzo. Uh, I'm Mr. Britain X. So just give us a search on anywhere you'll find us. Um, all right. Until next time. That's right, it. Bye. Bye. Um, Alex, we've, got, we've started having a conversation and then I've just had Alex records this, by the way. Um, he does the editing, in case you wonder who the fuck I'm on about. Yeah. Hi, Alex. <laughs> Alex, we just started talking about queer baiting, and we think it's a really good topic. Um, so we're going to get on to it. Um, we'll, just, we'll start the conversation again, like organically. So do you want to go ahead? Yeah, yeah. Well, see, when you when you brought up the whole uh, biphobia thing, that kind of brought me into the whole uh, idea of like getting accused of queer baiting, even though this is part of your your sexuality and this is something that you're doing. But I think it's just is it people just wanting something to complain about or they don't, they're just angry that you're not either fully straight or fully gay, like, or what, what does it even does lead to? Yeah. I mean, when it comes to like the me getting biphobic comments, it is literally because they, it, it tends to be straight. People don't seem to have an issue. They go once, once you buy, most of them just go, oh, they're just gay. But then they say, oh no, mm-hmm. he's got stuff with women. Then they go, oh no, he actually is bi. But the ones that get, give the hate I, I call the golden gays um i'm no offense to gay people gay people are awesome i have loads of gay friends i'm actually part of an lgbtq rugby team and mostly gays not bi's and they're all quite supportive of me being bi but they take the piss but not in a biphobic way it's just uh, mm-hmm. joking yeah. because they're part of the community they understand it's it's shared experiences it's more so rugby team banter and they just call me yeah like, that's very true yeah, it's like I'm greedy, or when they were talking about forwards or backs in rugby, they're like, "Well, he's bisexual, so he's versed." So, <laughs> you know, so you get that. But what I, you get on social media is like, if I post anything with a woman, the gold, the golden gaze, like, "You're you're not," and blah, that's disgusting. Or they make little comments and like, they do like sick face emojis, and I'm just like, "I'm bisexual." You follow me, knowing me, I'm bisexual, like. Just let that yep. be. I've got so many images of me, like with other guys or just me, which is why you followed me. Mm-hmm. Just because I post a picture with a woman, just yeah. yeah. And also, it doesn't make sense as well. Can you imagine, you know, having your sexuality discriminated <coughs> against, and there's uh, and probably having encounters of people being very hateful because of your sexuality, and then also doing that to someone else? Like that takes a, a certain level of just like yeah. confusion, maybe. Like, do you not see the it connectivity does... between this? It does tend to be the older generation of gay men as well who did probably go through the hardest, like, gay backlash from society. Yeah, yeah, from society. Yeah, yeah, they they probably went through the hardest times, and then they're probably giving it the hardest to bisexual men. Not saying all of them, but from it's, one it's just them. it's so ironic to go through that experience and be like, okay, my sexuality was hated on because of who my preference is that I have no choice in. I've, this is not a decision. This is who I am to seeing someone expressing who they are and be like, Oh, I'm going to fucking hate that person. Or I'm going to, I'm going to share my disgust with that person. Like, do you not see how you're just perpetuating the entire problem? You are now the oppressor rather than being, you know, someone who fought for, for the right. Like, I don't know. It's, it's a little confusing. It's yeah, exactly. We're just like, how, how do you fathom this? How, where, where's this come from? Like you should be more accepting than anyone. If someone wants to say that they, that they're a tree, <laughs> oh, I think you're well <laughs> cut out. You're, you're yeah, still it always does. Yeah. I'm still here. Ah, well, you'll be back soon. So let's say, so 
you said you don't really get it, but you do have people question that you're genuinely bisexual. Why is that though? Well, it's, I'll tell you the truth is because, you know, through this, through OnlyFans and through my, my expression of self, um, sorry, my camera's not going to come back on. You know, I, I started to realize my own sexuality. I used to thought I was, I used to think I was just like a really cool straight dude. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm straight, but yeah, I, I find men attractive or uh, yeah, I, I'm more comfortable, you know, being openly sexual or affectionate towards men. I'm just really cool. Don't worry about it. And, and then I just started to realize like, no, this is, this is just the default sexual uh, orientation that I took because I did not know my own sexuality for so long or mm -hmm. I've never experienced or dove into my own sexuality so I just kind of like whatever everyone else was doing I was doing as well um and then I've just I've always felt like a bit of an imposter because of that like I can't say that I am anything because I feel like an imposter no matter what I say if I tell people I'm straight I feel like I'm lying if I tell people I'm bi I feel like I'm lying you know so I just tell people I am who I am I don't find all men attractive I find some men attractive. I don't mm -hmm. find all women attractive. I don't find all, you know, people transitioning or, or non-binary. I don't find them all attractive, but I do find some attractive, like, and it's just harder to explain that. Well, that's what I was going to go into. Would you say you're, you're pan or bi or just like fuck labels? Uh, honestly, I believe that even saying that I'm pan comes with its own, you know, anytime that we label ourselves, we put ourselves in a category. Mm -hmm. And once you start not, you have a preconceived bias of what's in that category. And the second that you start to feel like you are doing something different or you're not fitting all the criteria, you start to have that, like, who am I then? What am I? What is my sexuality? I'm definitely not this because I do this. And I think it causes this internal struggle that would be just so much easier if you just like, I am who I am and I accept myself for what I like and what I do. Oh, well, that's perfect. I think just, just on that statement alone, I think we should just move on to the next subject. <laughs> yeah, of course. Nice um, that's, that's my favorite thing to say out there. Just be you, baby. Accept yourself. Perfect. <laughs>